Now it's time for Inspirational Women and my guest, Diane Height, a retired school teacher who realized she had a lot of life and adventure still to live, and so she set about doing that. We learned some of that story earlier this year, and Diane told us that she was going to be planning a summer trip back to Mongolia, the subject of her book, A Mongolian Memoir. So let's meet Diane and find out about that summer experience. Diane Height, good morning. Thank you so greatly for being with us once again. It's a pleasure, Kate, to be with you. I enjoyed our last conversation and uh, will definitely enjoy this one also. Oh, I'm sure that we will, and we might even touch on some things from then. Who knows? I don't remember all of the details, but the the big thing was that as we talked about your memoir, which is aptly uh, titled A Mongolian Memoir, we were talking about your experiences of going to Mongolia, but at that time, which was last spring, you had said, well, you were planning to go back again because uh, the time seemed right. And you actually did go back this summer, right? I did. I went back for almost uh, the entire month of July, just about four weeks, and uh, had a <laughs> an unbelievable time. And, and uh, just things, you know, it was amazing. It was amazing. I'm, I'm blessed. Well, that's very exciting that it was so good because sometimes it can be a little bit mm, like frightening to think it was so good back then. So many wonderful things happened. Can it be that good again? Uh, but you went and you said it was wonderful. Yes, and and there there were there are changes, and uh, especially in the area in Zeisen, if you remember. That's where the school is, the American School of Ulaanbaatar. That's where I taught. And uh, major changes there. And when I first saw it, I, you know, I was kind of like, ooh, all right. But then I remembered, uh, you know, change is good. And I talk about change in, in my book and, and how we have to, you know, embrace it. And so I thought, too, when I returned the second time to teach in 2014, there were also a lot of changes, and I jumped right in, and I I said, you know, I'm going to do this, and and everybody was kind of giggling in the car, um, which I have to say, if you don't mind, uh, I was ready for my, um, you know, the flight is like 15 hours, and then 15-hour time difference. And I think I came in on a Sunday morning after leaving late, late, late Friday night from LAX. And, you know, I was tired and I was ready to um, see my driver that I had all those years, Dawa. And so I came around the corner, just like you do at all airports, uh, especially international, where you've gone through passport control. And I came around the corner, and not only was, and it makes me get emotional right Mm -hmm. now, not only was my driver there, but my teaching assistant, Bogie, and her two kids, Kuchit and Angela, and everybody had, you know, these big smiles on their faces. And 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 we just all embraced, and, you know, we're all talking at the same time, and, and, uh, you know, but it it was very exciting, and instead of taking me directly to um, 
Moogie's house, which is, she's my other assistant, teaching assistant, they sort of, you know, toured around a little bit, which I totally appreciated. And look at this, remember this, Miss Diane and and um, and her kids who now are, you know, six years older, um, seem all grown up. But that was very, that was my introduction to coming back to Mongolia, and it couldn't have been better. <laughs> Oh, I'm experiencing that vicariously through your recounting as to what that feeling would be, because you can't help but have a little trepidation, but then to just have it totally wiped away because here's this almost entourage waiting for you and so excited to see you. It just attests to what you meant to them, what they meant to you, what the whole experience together really was for, for everyone. Absolutely. There's a saying, and it goes, how they took their tea or how they take their tea. And I use that, or I did use that in my book. And it means, you know, watching how people live. And one of the things that I experienced that I was not ready for, I'm a planner. And so I'm always thinking, okay, we're going to do this, or we're going to do that, and da, 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 da. And all of a sudden, you know, it kind of changes. And so when I say how they took their tea, it's how how they lived. Now, when I, you know, when you go on vacation, most of the time you stay in a resort or a hotel or something like that. And And when I was teaching, I had my own apartment. But this was the first time that I actually stayed or I did stay with families. I stayed with my uh, with Moogie for about a week, and then I went to the Gobi Desert, and I was just with a couple guys, uh, you know, tour guys, and stayed in my own gear. But then I came back, and I stayed with Bogie, my other teaching assistant, and uh, and so I lived with these families, and I experienced things that. I had not experienced living, believe it or not, for five years in Mongolia. It was amazing to me just, you know, observing and, uh, you know, for instance, they gave me the best bedroom, both of them gave me the best bedroom in their apartment. And there's no questions asked. I mean, they would almost be insulted if I said, no, 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 I'll just sleep on the sofa or whatever. Um, that is not what they do. And I, I know I talked before about Kauai and Cambodia and Mongolia in the sense, and other countries also, uh, where family is so important. And even if you're not blood-related, me, I'm part of their family. And they treat me like that. So um, that was something that... That, that I experienced that I, I wasn't really ready for, you know. I... And that, isn't that just so beautiful that that connection, which was six years ago, that's when it ended. And there was yeah. this big gap where a lot of stuff went on in our world in that gap. But to almost pick up and continue growing from what you meant to each other, it, it seems like it really deepened the relationship. Yeah, and I like the way you said that. 
that's you good thank you for that Kate that uh, that's exactly what was going on and um, the first you know again I stayed with Moogie and then the Gobi Desert and then I went to Bogey and the first morning that I got up and uh, and I was still dealing with time difference and so I would get up before everybody else and and but this the first morning I didn't and I heard some commotion in the kitchen and her son who is and I know he's going to laugh when he hears this because I'm terrible with ages I have to even remember my age sometimes (laughs) uh, 11 or 12 and he's in the kitchen making me breakfast just me breakfast and a little bit for him too and that's the other thing about some of these countries where the children learn to do things and to respect their elders and, and their parents, and there's no question asked. I mean, it, it isn't, you know, crying about it. I mean, they just are part of the family, and they do things to help out. And I thought that was so sweet. And along those lines, I, I just have to interject one thing. I, you know, because they taught me how to make uh, the dumpling dish, which is called booze, which is served during, um, what, a lot of occasions. But I was there for Nada, which is a big festival. So, you know, they showed me, both of them showed me how to make it again. But, of course, they're so much better than than me. But I showed them, both families, how to make scrambled eggs. (laughs) (laughs) So it was... So I had the little boy Kuchit making them, and then his mom finally was making them. And, and it was, you know, you just don't think of things like that. I mean, it's, but that's, you know, people, you know, just being family to mm. each other. And, and, um, Anyway, that was I thought that was kind of cute. <laughs> oh, yeah. I agree. That is so wonderful. Just sharing our cultures and how they intermingle. Now, the thing is, they will potentially make scrambled eggs as over time as well. Uh, after you've gone, will you though make what is it goose when you're home now? B u u z and booze. It's a it's a dumpling so flour. And then inside, and I, I think I talked about this before, inside is uh, meat. And it could be hamburger. Uh, it could be mutton uh, because they don't, uh, they don't kill young animals, babies. Hmm. Um, and that's where lamb comes from. So it's mutton or hamburger or some kind of meat with cabbage and a little bit of onion. And, um, and then it goes in the middle and then you twist it and and that's the tricky part that I always had trouble with and then you seam it you know just like dumpling like you see some dumplings made in in a lot of Asian countries Mm -hmm. and it's they're delicious they're absolutely they're moist and um and really really good and I think I shared before the Mongolians eat a lot of meat and um and a lot of that has to do with the climate because it's so cold. You need, you know, to be fortified, and and it's hard to grow things there. Um, so a lot of stuff, you know, a lot of fruits and vegetables are imported um, because of that. But um, I, I have attempted to in in the six years I have attempted to make booze once, and it 
was okay, but uh, and I told both my uh, assistants. I they laughed about it, and and I said, I just I don't know, guys. <laughs> I'm gonna try, but um, but I also wanted to share um, that I was there during the festival of Nadam, which is the celebration. It's different than Sagansar, which is in February, which is a celebration of the new moon. And a little bit more, I'm going to say spiritual, but Nadam celebrates Mongolia. And there's wrestling that goes on, archery, and horse racing, and serious horse racing. And Moogie's family, and the family is quite large, included me in everything, even though none of them spoke English except for um, Moogie. And, but they wanted me to be there with them. And, uh, in fact, one day, I think I said something to Moogie about, well, you know, you guys go on, and I'm going to, you know, do something else over here. And she looked at me, and she said, why? You know, they want you with them. And her mother, who speaks no English at all, um, just absolutely, we just connected. And... Uh, uh, and, and it just goes to show you what is language anyway. Yes. Um, mm. So during this festival, there were a lot of things going on, and I was included in everything. And and again, they don't even question that. It's not like, oh, should we have her or not have her kind of thing. So mm. um, that's, you know, something that I experienced this time. Oh, and that's lovely. I couldn't help... But um, when you said, you know, what is language anyway? And, you know, there is that level of where we use words. It's physical that way. And then there's the heart language. There's just our, right, our beingness that communicates. And people, we feel that from each other. Boy, you're right on with that too, Kate. You're absolutely right. It is heart language. And that's, that's, what I experience there, and again, I have experienced that in Kauai and in Cambodia, and when I was in Southeast Asia for a short time, um, definitely the same thing about family being important and people being important. And, uh, yeah, it was, um, I like that heart language. I'm, I'm going to remember that. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Actually, I it, I think just recently I heard a song again by uh, Neil Diamond that I'd really forgotten about for the longest, for years. Um, it, Turn on your heart light. And I think... Oh, it, yeah. Do you remember oh, that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. And, right. and that's, that's the vision that, that kind of came into mind as you were describing your connection with the family. And I thought that's exactly what it is. We're just having that heart connection. Yeah, and I mean, they wanted to make sure that, you know, I was getting enough to eat and, <laughs> uh, I know, and uh, enjoying myself and, and uh, you know, not um, was going on while I was first there. So when I was with Bogey after the Gobi Desert, you know, there wasn't anything specific. Well, her, there was something. It was her 40th birthday, 
which uh, was also very exciting. And But there wasn't any festival going on. So, you know, they were taking me places. And then I was showing them things, you know, because I went back to, which was exciting for me, uh, you know, to my old haunts, I call them, you know, the places that touched my heart and uh, one place in particular. I, I, and I went by myself and then I shared it with everybody you know, an art gallery that I just would loved, and I loved going back after six years. It's changed a little bit, but it, you go in and it's so peaceful. Not a lot of people in there. Um, beautiful works by Mongolian artists, and um, and I just enjoyed that. And then, of course, I went. If you remember Millie's, where I used to go every Saturday morning for my breakfast, and when I walked in and he saw me. I, I think he knew I was coming. You know, I'm trying to, I, I didn't want to, you know, I kind of like surprising people. <laughs> but then I wanted to make sure that um, that uh, his wife, that they were both there. So, you know, I had a good time, you, you know, with them. And then I went to a new museum called um, uh, Genghis Khan Museum. And um, it, it, absolutely beautiful. Seven floors of of the history of Mongolia that everybody should go in and see. And, and so I did old things and I did new things and uh, found a new coffee place for when I go back. <laughs> oh, I like the sound of that, when you go back. Well, I, I don't know. I, um, I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing that thinking thing and... and uh, you know, I definitely miss it, and um, you know, I'm trying to follow my own advice in my book about just if the call is there, then answer the call. And um, yeah, you know, I I just saw something on the internet about fifty. Maybe you saw it too. Fifty one people in the entertainment business that are at least. 70 or more and many of them are in their 80s and they're still all these people are still working and they're well-known people i mean uh, it's just helen Mirren. uh yes. she's 78 77 my age and um yeah it just that really spoke to me so i don't know i'm i'm sort of putting it out there i and i i love teaching and, and I love teaching kids, little kids, but also like college age, like when I was volunteering when I was there. I, I, I miss that. So we'll, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> right. Well, it, it, you would have thought that you wouldn't have gone when you did um, 10 some years ago. Uh, that was a whole new adventure. So why put a number on things? Oh, I love that. You are just full of... <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I, I, you're absolutely right. Why put a number? And that's when I saw this article uh, on the internet about these 51 movie stars, if you will, and, and all in their 70s and uh, you know some of them are in their 90s and they are still working and you're right well I put a number on something right I, absolutely 
Well, there was a, a movie that came out um, just earlier this year, I think. I was trying to think of the name of it. Jane Fonda was in it, Lily Tomlin. Um, I, I, and I don't remember the name of it, but it was excellent. Yes. And, you know, and they... One thing that I want to share with everybody is, um, you know, along with, with you know, watching... Um, you know, how people take their tea and observing, you know, the difference in cultures. Um, and I wasn't ready for that. And I also wasn't ready for something that maybe was even more powerful uh, about me. Being in Mongolia, I had a, had a sense that I lost some of being Mongolian, mm. like the phrase that I use in my book, and, and all of us, even the Mongolians, would say over and over again, oh, well, it's Mongolia. <laughs> and as I was there, I realized that who I was when I was there, some of that, a lot of it, is gone. Um, you know, the rushing around, not having a slower pace, um, people being more important in Mongolia um, than maybe here. Uh, and again, that phrase, it's Mongolia, you know, don't worry about it. You know, the Hawaiians have the same thing. Uh, uh, you know, it'll all get done when mm -hmm. it's supposed to get done. And I get caught up in that whole thing here of, you know, it's got to get done yesterday. And, and um, I, it just, overwhelmed me how much I thought, gosh, I have lost the thing that I loved about me when I lived in Mongolia. That was a real, that was an eye opener. And it is, it does feel like something that we need, definitely could use here in our society. So wouldn't it be great if you could be modeling that i mean certainly visit there or even go back to live again but to bring here and and make it part of our culture i agree i uh and it seems like uh, i had mentioned to you earlier I, I i believe that i got a new laptop a new computer and they were wonderful helping me but i looked at the guy and i said this seems more complicated than my old one. Now, I know it's better, and he's laughing, and he said, you know what? You're absolutely right. And I said, how can this be? How can we be advancing on one hand, and yet mm -hmm. it's, you know, and it isn't an age thing. You know, younger people are overwhelmed by the technology and, and what we have to know, and why is it not as easy as it used to be? And I don't know what the answer is. Right. Right. Except for then just deliberately taking time to unplug, taking time to create that space to be just with family and close friends and not make things this a, a, a grand affair, keep it simple? Yes. And, and I love all of that. And I... I don't know, maybe maybe I feel that I can't do it here 
but I was definitely able to do it in other countries. And again, not just not just in Mongolia, mm. but in Cambodia, in Kauai. I, I sense that just pulling back, going slower, and that it's it, it's just part of in many parts of the world. That's just the way it is. And and it's just not a, America that's going at mock speed, um, but it's. I, I think it, it's an issue, so I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is something to contemplate. I know that you were also working on a novel. Are you still doing that? I am. I actually have not. I am and I'm not. <laughs> so it's there, and it calls to me, so I... And, and to do that. Well, yeah. no, that's part of my question then, since just thinking about asking you, but also, you know, thinking of what it means to me and others listening, thinking what it means to them to find that place of, well, it's Mongolia or, well, Kauai, island time. How do we find that more quiet, less crazy, frenetic place? And if yours with writing, you know, is it perhaps going off into even you know, just a, a corner space where you don't let anything else interrupt and, and you're going to do your writing. Exactly, exactly. And uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, that's something for me to think about and contemplate. And um, a, a friend of mine had said to me that I seem to enjoy living in developing countries <laughs> mm-hmm. to you know, I guess you could say first world countries. It, it, it seems to be true. I seem to fit right in. <laughs> and maybe it's because life is slower and more simple. I think, well, I think it has, a lot of it has to do with that. Not everything, but it de- definitely, after having the eye opener of, oh my gosh, I've lost some of being Mongolian, <laughs> Mongolian. And again, the rushing around and all of that, um, you know, or, or how many things are important here that they're not that important in other places. And it's, um, you know, and it's a personal thing. I, I just, anyway, we'll see. Well, I should keep you posted. Well, yes, please. Well, and the thing is, I think. I believe some form of that question exists for all of us. Sometimes, though, uh, it we don't hear it because we're so busy or so much in that proverbial rat race kind of thing. But um, where you got us thinking in the last conversation ab- about life's third act, what do we do as uh, we come to these more mature age? Now it's like, what do we do to really live our life more fully that we're not being controlled by the, all those external factors. And I thank you for that. Again, you're just a plethora of information today. <laughs> I'm, I'm mirroring back to you. I just want you to know I'm just mirroring back. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I think, again, we should do what we should do. And and you said it earlier, why put a number on something? Mm-hmm. And in my book, how many times have I talked about don't stop doing something because of what other people say or think or age or whatever it is? And if that's you, then do it. As long as you're not 
hurting anybody else or yourself, then you need to be true to yourself. Absolutely. That is it. Was it Shakespeare who originally said that or that we attribute that to Shakespeare, you know, above all, to thine own self be true? Oh, there, see, a simple 500, 600 years ago. You said they needed it then, but you're reminding us. And just, uh, I really admire that you have done what you have done, and you just keep questioning it, which is, you know, an example for us to question, not just kind of blithely go along the way, because that's the way the treadmill's going. Thank you. And I have done a lot, and I want to continue being that person. And so whatever that means, I do not want to stop. And so stay tuned, folks. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Well, let's remind our listeners that uh, if they didn't find the book the last time, A Mongolian Memoir, uh, to be sure to find that. And where else can they find you talking about social connections? I have a, a blog called The Wandering Nomad. And it's on Blogspot, so uh, you can see everything that I've done for a long time and all of my thoughts and my interviews. And also, the book is available through Amazon and also through Barnes & Noble. Yeah, and it's a great gift for Christmas. (laughs) Yeah, well, we're getting to that time when... I know. Right? You're right. It is absolutely a perfect gift for someone who, and that's probably the majority of us, is just uncertain about where they are at this time in life, and particularly when they're thinking about that number being a little bigger than, you know, they would like. It's like, forget about the number. Yeah, no, yes, exactly. (laughs) I, I love that. Forget about a number. And just, you know, be true to you, all the things that we keep hearing, but sometimes we don't, you know, embrace it and grab hold of it, that we, all of us need to do that for ourselves. And you are such a great example of that, a great model for us, Diane Height, to be doing just that. I just love your adventures. And uh, yes, we'll have to stay tuned to see what's coming up next. Thank you so much, Kate. It's always a pleasure talking to you, and we will stay in touch. Wonderful. Thank you for connecting today, Diane. And that brings us to the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Diane Height and Sunday Morning Magazine with Eddie Chukalate. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I greatly appreciate your sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email, kated at warm1069.com, and I will get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or to share these important stories with your family and friends, find the podcast on our Warm 1069 webpage. Just click on the podcast tab, then either of the show names, and then look for the guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of living and loving life, sharing it with those who are important to us. Have a week of the same, and then please plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 106.9. Good morning.